0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The following segment is from the Off Day Debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. We're very happy to be joined by Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. I've heard that you have ties with him as well. Is that true?
2: It is true, Stats. Uh, Jimmy and I host BGN Radio on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, Uh, the most important podcast, some people say, besides this one, obviously. So (laughs) great to have Jimmy on. I I wanted to have Jimmy on Stats because uh, he wrote a piece on Monday morning before the Eagles' terrible loss to the Seahawks about how the Eagles need to blow it up. And I think that loss to Seattle was kind of a nice – little view for everyone not in Philly you know the national market to see that there are a lot of things wrong here and it's not just like one minor change needs to be made it's not like you got to tweak along the margins it's like it's time for every to, to blow everything up so Jimmy uh, you're here with us it's, it's great to talk to you in a different platform my friend where do we start after last night's game I feel
0: like I'm running into you like at the supermarket or something like that or <laughs> like you see somebody all the time but it's just in a different place Yes, uh, but I'm sorry. What did, what did you ask me? <laughs> well,
2: yeah, I, of course, I was,
0: I, was, I was focused on my dumb joke. <laughs>
2: Hot start. Uh, where do we where do we start after last night's game?
0: It's not just that the Eagles have been bad all year. It's that they've just been incredibly boring. And they somehow turned the Seahawks team <laughs> that has played these wildly entertaining games all season long and somehow turned this into a very, very boring game on national television. So it's not even just that they're bad. They're really boring. And the fan viewing experience in Philadelphia really I mean I can't I can't remember it being this awful
1: there were so many things that went wrong Carson Wentz was sacked six times he averaged 1.8 yards per attempt in the first half which I didn't even know that that was possible there were physical errors (laughs) and bad throws But the most concerning thing to me is there were so many miscommunications between Carson Wentz and his receivers. It was almost like he was the backup and had been thrown into the starting lineup and they didn't have time to get chemistry together. Like, is it supposed to be that hard?
0: I mean, everything's broken is, is really the short answer. He's been bad. Uh, I mean, we can just see the throws that he's made. He's been inaccurate. He's been all over the place. He's made bad decisions in the pocket. He's held the ball for an eternity. So like there's no excusing him and the performance that he's had this year, but just across the board, I mean, they've been bad. The receivers haven't been good. They got a little bit of a spark at one point during the season from Travis Fulgham, but otherwise they've been really bad. The offensive line has had 10 different starting combinations in in 11 weeks, which is just kind of mind blowing that like, like, even if, uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like they're, they're going to run out of combinations at some point where like they're going to have to overlap at some point. Uh, but it's, it's just wild that they've had 10 different starting combinations. So that's part of it. The scheme has just been horrible. The play calling has been good. I don't even like ma- micromanaging play calling because uh, you know, you don't know what sort of works during practice and then, you know, what players are comfortable with and such, but the, the play calling has been obviously bad. So from a coaching perspective, a player perspective, you know, offensive line, receivers it's just been awful across the board and the result has been what is arguably uh, i don't want to say they're the worst offense in the nfl because there's some other pretty bad ones but for sure i mean they're they're, they're a bottom five offense in the nfl right now
2: yeah i mean carson wentz is like it's it's pathetic it's pathetic carson wentz <laughs> has 157 passing yards last night before the final drive garbage time hail mary i'm not counting that he's 150 seven yards against the NFL's worst passing defense it's so ridiculous I can't believe there are still people out there making excuses for Carson Wentz yeah things haven't been perfect he's a 128 million dollar quarterback you pay him to be much much better to this to help you like elevate the team and then get through some of these tough times The, the idea that like Doug Peterson is all to blame for Carson Wentz is is out there or at least like that somewhat out there and that just that drives me crazy because it's like what's Doug Peterson supposed to do call the plays where Carson Wentz doesn't have to be accurate like there are throws <laughs> here to be made like make the throw it, it there's he's getting time it's so bad it's so bad Jimmy please just tell me that Carson Wentz is as bad as I think he is
0: yeah I think last year some of the excuses were valid when you had like a lot of drops you, you know he's dragging these practice squad players to the playoffs in the final four games so like I think there was some uh, there was some wiggle room for you know absolving him of of what what were you know not great stats last year, but this year, I mean, like you said, there's just no way around it. I mean, he's just he's just been a horrible quarterback. Although statistically, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. So well, I'm sorry, worst starting quarterback in the NFL. So I mean, like like you said, there's, there, the excuses have kind of run out by this point. And you're right, like maybe not last night, the protection wasn't good, but in other games, certainly he's had plenty of time to throw. I don't know who to attribute this to, but somebody put on Twitter, which made me laugh out loud, like said, he has a chance at the triple frown, which (laughs) which is uh, he'll be the, he's chance to be the league leader in interceptions in fumbles and in sacks taken. So like he's, he's currently leading the league in interceptions and sacks taken and he's one fumble behind, I think it was Derek Carr. So he's got a chance still at the triple frown. The last quarterback to do that was Blake Bortles, in
2: 2015.
0: Uh, so again, I don't know who to attribute that to, but I, I thought that was funny—the the triple frown instead of the triple crown, of course.
2: I guess looking at big picture, as I always like to do on this podcast, uh, you—you know—you wrote the article I said earlier about like the will just need to blow it up, and I think I, I agree. I mean, that's where we are with this team. We've talked about it on BGN Radio all year. Like the stats, the most depressing thing about the eagles is like this is their team like they're locked into this roster a lot because they've spent a lot of this money and so basically next year's team 2021 eagles aren't going to be all that different like they can't get rid of carson wentz they can't get rid of a lot of these players or they can but there's a lot of dead money tied in them it's like the eagles are basically screwed here there's really no hope in the short term they need a hard reset and you can't the key thing the key point i'm going to steal jimmy's thunder here a little bit the key point that Jimmy makes is that you can't trust Howie Roseman to fix this mess one because if he had those answers they wouldn't be in this situation Two, because he cannot possibly be trusted to fix this team because he's on the hot seat now right like so he he does not have incentive to think about the long term he he needs to try to get this team back on track in the short term for his job security sake and therefore it makes no sense to keep him and it, you know I think Doug Peterson it's the shame that he's probably going to, you know, it, it's uh, as an expression, as our good friend, Dan Klausner used, uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater and he's kind of getting caught up all this, not <laughs> yeah. to say he's, he's not culpable. I think he does deserve blame, but I think Howie Roseman right now, he just needs to go. Jimmy, am I wrong?
0: The roster is old. Uh, the roster is bad and the roster is expensive. They're scheduled to be, 69 million dollars over the salary cap in 2021 20, they'll roll over some of 2020 like salary cap i think it's like 23 million that they can roll over into the next year so that'll knock that figure down a little bit maybe the salary cap number of 176 million will rise a little bit if the revenues are a little better than expected so that might help but otherwise i mean they're, they're gonna have to they're gonna cut some guys so they'll be able to cut alshon they'll be able to cut Deshaun Jackson uh Marquis Goodwin's tenure will never get underway here his numbers will come off the book so that'll help a little bit but they're still going to be pretty far over the cap at that point point. and then they're pretty much going to have to choose the the least of the evils in terms of which like which players with bloated contracts that they have to restructure their contract basically turn salary into um a signing bonus and then further kick the can down the road uh, with those guys, you know, pu- pushing off, you know, that cap, that, that those cap hits into future years, they have 11 guys on the roster right now. The way that they, they've sort of operated over the last few years is they have these dummy years at the end of the contract where essentially these players will count against the cap after the, their contract ends. So they have 11 guys on the roster right now that, that have that situation going on <laughs> where like their contract will end and then they'll still count on the cap for a few years thereafter. So not only is this team really in bad shape, for 2021 in terms of their cap situation, but they're also going to be at a disadvantage because they're going to have these guys with money on their, on their deals after they're long gone.
1: Talk about a triple frown old, bad and expensive <laughs> is the yes. ultimate triple frown. Let me ask you this because you know, I've been living in sort of the national NFL world for a long time. The but, national perspective for me on the Eagles was okay. Andy Reed is there. He gets to the end of his run. They fire Andy Reid. They bring in chip Kelly. Chip Kelly tells Holly Roseman to get the hell out of football operations. He won't even keep him in the building, right? They fire Chip. All of a sudden, Holly Roseman comes riding back in on the white horse, making all these moves. They win the Super Bowl. You know, they got Doug Peterson. He's super aggressive. He's using the analytics. You know, they're on like the cutting edge of NFL technology. And things seem to be great for the Eagles. And now all of a sudden we're here and you're talking about old, bad, and expensive. How did this happen? And is that narrative right? or, Or am I missing something?
0: It's wild. <laughs> I mean, like I, I think the, your your national perspective is is pretty much the same as the local perspective. I mean, when you look at the twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen seasons, like what Howie Roseman did to build this roster into a Super Bowl winner was really remarkable. I mean, they were they were in shambles at the end of the Chip Kelly era. Like he was wor- he was worse as a GM that even was as a head coach in the NFL, and he just left the team in really bad shape. Howie Roseman got them out from under that. Built a good roster, made really savvy offseason moves in terms of free agency. The draft wasn't great, but they they did. I mean, they they did trade up to Carson Wentz. You know, he real everything he touched in 2016 to 2017 turned the gold. But three years thereafter, I mean, they were positioned like incredibly to have this long run because they had like so like their core players were under contract for for like you know two three four years after that Super Bowl. And then they just kept extending them, <laughs> like pushing these these the, the contracts into in future years. They made a lot of bad free agent signings. They traded a lot of draft picks for for aging vets. They only made ten picks total in 2018 and 2019. So no team in the NFL made fewer picks. I think it was Tennessee uh, also only made ten picks over those two years. So what you had there was a roster that was getting older, and they weren't filling it. They weren't filling in. You know the the. That the roster of the younger, with good young players. And then they had some extraordinary misses in those 2018 and 2019 drafts. And it's really all just kind of falling apart. So, like, for as quickly as they rose to Super Bowl prominence, they fell just as hard.
1: Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes, and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts.